Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What's going on, everybody? Happy Monday, April 17th, 2023. Welcome to Elijah Fire, episode 217. I hope you guys had a great weekend. I certainly did. Um, he was very productive. You know when like, you get to the end of the weekend and you just look at the bounty of productivity and you go, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. So that's what was that was this weekend um, or last weekend, I guess. Uh, and it was great. I just felt really good going into going into the week. So also, I wanted to let you guys know that starting next week and going for two weeks, we will be going down to only three days a week. That'll be Monday, Wednesday, Friday. <gasps> Why? It's because we're going to Israel, everybody. Pretty much everybody at the Elijah List, most everybody is going. Um, it's going to be a great trip. Can't wait to give testimonies. We'll try and post some stuff on our social media. Um, uh, but uh, I'm very excited. Uh, but we had to shrink it down to uh, only three days a week. So that's starting eight, Monday, April 24th. So that's a week from today. We are going to be doing pre-recorded episodes but they're still going to be airing live so you guys can still interact with one another, all that good stuff. Um, God's the really good. We, um, I, we really wanted to go all out, try and give you guys some great topics. We're going to be talking about women in leadership. We're going to be talking about stress, anxiety, depression. Um, we're going to be talking about manhood. We're going to be talking about all kinds of really great stuff. So um, it was really fun to see how God uh, through his little accents into the episodes as we were pre-recording them because we had a plan and then always slightly deviated uh, in the most amazing way. So really great episodes for the next three weeks or next two weeks, next three weeks. I'm just going to say because this week is going to be awesome. But uh, next week and the week after, it's only going to be three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, same time, all that good stuff. Uh, and then we will be back uh, at full capacity on Monday, May 8th, back at five days a week. So for the next two weeks after this week, only three episodes, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you guys get it. I'm going to be talking about all the week. You guys will be like ingrained. You'll be like, we get it, Jeff. Okay. So um, my guest today is a new face for some. Um, and I've been actually wanting to get on, get on for a while. I've had his wife on justice and we love her. And, um, you know, we talked backstage. She's like, you got to get Chris on. I'm like, yes, I do. Uh, and it finally happened. So he's the chief operation, operations officer of Restore 7 also. Like I said, he is the husband of Justice, formerly Enlo, now Keel. Let's give it up for my guest today, Chris Keel. Chris. Hey, Jeff. How's it going, man? Good. <laughs> Welcome to Elijah Fire, man. Yes, good to be here. You do a great job on that intro. Oh, thanks, uh, man. The whole thing. <laughs> yeah, just you feeling were made it. for this. <laughs> just feeling it, man. I was just feeling it. Yeah. Um, I said your na last name correct. Correct. That's Not correct. cool. It's Keel. Keel. I know. I I wish it was cool. I, yeah. I heard that mostly growing up every oh, first day of school. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's better than my last name is Tharp, which is people used to call me Jeff Fart. So, <laughs> which is just not great. That's yeah, I could see that would be a rough one in middle yeah, school. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. It's all good. So, um, okay, you're like I said, you're a new face. So why don't you tell people a little bit about who Chris Keel is? Um, you can go back as far as you want, back when you were a wee lad. And then yeah. we'll get, we got some really great topics to talk about today. Well, the elevator pitch. I'm from Colorado. 
currently residing in Tennessee. Um, you know, I grew up out West and uh, kind of had a radical transformation with the Lord um, in my late teens, kind of early twenties. Lord really kind of rescued me out of some stuff and then dumped me into Africa, actually of all places where I had um, many, many months spent traveling with Heidi Baker and just some people just experiencing the radical power of God, yeah. which was really an amazing thing for me at that point in my life. Um, spent most of my early 20s traveling all over. I lived in Israel for a while. I've been to something like 33 different countries. A lot of that for missions related work. Come on. Um, in my mid 20s, God brought me back to the States and ended up founding three technology companies um, over about eight or nine years. I guess I was in my early 30s. Um, was happened to be doing a trip through Nashville, Tennessee, where I met my wife, my current wife, my only wife, <laughs> <laughs> Justice Inlow. And, uh, you know, kind of that the rest is, is history. So I started wow. working with uh, Johnny and Elizabeth and they're amazing people. And uh, we now all live in Nashville. So Dude. that's kind of the Cliff Notes version. Yeah. And there's a lot to unpack in that. So we'll, we'll have you back and we'll unpack that some more later. Um, but that actually is a really good segue into the first topic, uh, which is about rediscovering yeah. truth. And I know Justice, we've had her on. She's really big into it. She had mentioned to me that you are as well. And you guys are actually yeah. launching a show, which is called yeah. Moment of Truth. Moment of Truth, yep. And uh, we're actually, as an organization, we're launching launching a platform called Resource Seven TV, which is wow. all focused on reformation. Wow. So you know, our kind of our heart right now is really just for societal reformation, um, to see the goodness of God and really God's narrative in all of society just show up. So. To start seeing things like media redeemed, government redeemed, family redeemed, you know, all these things that really yes. take, you know, yeah. huge precedent in our life, you know, and we're mm -hmm. all about the, the spirit revival, all those things, you know, our, our thing, you know, our core message, though, is one of reformation and justice and I specifically feel very called the idea of truth, you know, and yeah. Early on, the Lord started speaking to us, Jeremiah 16, 19, which is, you know, where Jer Jeremiah is basically calling out saying, oh, Lord, my strength, my fortress, my refuge in the day of affliction. Um, you know, the Gentiles shall come to you from the ends of the earth and say, surely our, our fathers have inherited nothing but lies, worthless and unprofitable things, you know. And I feel like we started just feeling like, man, we're, we're at this place where we're having to have like serious conversations about like, what is a man? What is a woman? Yeah. Like we are, we have drifted so far from any kind of truth you know and so for us we feel like there's going to be a swing back where you know there's a there's a story that i love by a new york times journalist i wouldn't necessarily recommend uh this doc, this movie on his life it's called running with scissors but you know he was basically raised in this kind of wild home his 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 uh, stepfather was a psychologist who was experimenting with free love and drug use and all these things inside the home and so he grew up in this hypersexual environment basically there was there was no nothing was off limits everything was like explore 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 and he has this like mental breakdown in his late teens where he was like why couldn't you just told me like what the guidelines were why couldn't you have just told me like what truth was you know and i feel like we're at that place in culture wow. where you know we have so deconstructed everything that what that's going to do it's going to create just a hunger uh, for god's truth again you know and so I, we're, we're believing that that's going to be something that we see I think in the next decade at some point, you know, yeah, and so months. that's kind of where we feel like God calling us. Well, it has so. to, it has to Chris, like, because otherwise, I mean, you see the breakdown of civilizations when you start questioning right. things that aren't meant mm -hmm. to be questioned. 
And look, right. I think the thing, look, maybe we can just unpack this a little bit. Do you feel like some of this has been the church's inability to be able to embrace hard questions? Mm-hmm. I, I personally have experienced in the past, people are like, don't ask that question, you mm-hmm. know? And I, would, yeah. Yeah. So I would love to hear your thoughts. I, well, I definitely think that, you know, and I think, so I think that one of the things that one of the Jewish customs that I love so much is there, there's this uh, custom that they have of all exploring the scripture together. And, you know, they'll sit in a circle and they'll ask like really hard questions as a community, as a family, and they go through topics and there's kind of this openness to like, let's dive in and figure out like, we don't understand what this means, or we don't understand why this exists. There's kind of an openness and honesty to the word that I feel like, you know, the Western, the Western world hasn't totally adopted yet. And when that happens, people don't know what to do with those hard questions. And I think that, you know, there's a combination of, I think a lot of teachers and pastors and churches, unfortunately hide behind this idea that like, that's a cultural thing. We can't talk about it. That's, you know, that's a political thing. That's something like, Mm. and so they kind of hide behind this, this, you know, we're only going to talk about, you know, these very safe things, or we're going to only talk about the gospel. And these are all really important things, but there's a lot of life that lives outside of these, you know, this truth, you know? And so I think from that standpoint, um, you know, we've kind of absconded our responsibility of interacting and dealing with culture where it's at, you know, and because of that, it's really eroded to a place that, you know, it's going to be, it's going to take a fight to get back, you know? Yeah. So with, in regards to, cause you spent two years in Israel or two ish or give or take, I don't yeah. know exactly how long. Yeah, that's, that's a good. Yeah. But, um, obviously you became very, uh, you know, you, you're, um, very familiar with the scriptures, um, obviously very familiar with Jewish customs. And, and so when you were mentioning as a community, this idea of coming together and looking to the scriptures mm-hmm. together. I see that. How do I want to say this? I see it like in the West. I see us doing that, but not. It's mostly like I'm going to ask the hard questions, but it's all to disprove yes. the scripture. Like that's the attitude is like, mm-hmm. I'm going to prove that this is fake. I'm going to prove that that's fake. But I'm just curious what the mentality is. It all coming together with the understanding that this is truth, that, that the scriptures yeah. are the foundation of truth. I'm curious if you can speak to that perspective because it's not just okay we're going to ask questions but there's got to be some foundation right like okay mm-hmm. hey we come yeah we believe these are true but we want to we we want to understand them and so we're going to talk yeah. about it together i'm just curious about well that. so i think i think you've hit on something that's really really important and i think that like you're you're hitting on something that i feel like is producing the fruit of gen z right now which is that you know our generation has kind of sold this idea that everything needs to be deconstructed. Yeah. Come on. You know? And so we, we are, we are living in a deconstructed uh, society and you see the fruit of that in Gen Z. It's like, they have nothing, you know, I mean, they, they really, they really have no idea what truth is. And this is why, you know, you can see the fruit of this and the gender confusion. You can see it. And I mean, there's, we could go on for what, what this is producing, but you have to, at some level go into something, with some foundational principles, you know, these are unshakable things. Like we believe that God is, we believe that Jesus is the, you know, I mean, so you kind of have to have these things that you go into. And I think a lot of, I mean, I'm not going to say that every, um, you know, Jewish person that interacts with, you know, the whole process of, of asking questions is called midrash. So they'll midrash together. 
Okay. And so, you know, but that is typically something that's done by people in good faith, right? So you have to have those conversations with some level of good faith to, you know, experience the fruit of what that, that can produce. And so, but I think right now you're totally right. Like if you're going to deconstruct something, you have to deconstruct it so that you can reconstruct it with something better. That's the whole point of deconstruction. A healthy deconstruction does so with the intention of finding something healthy to reconstruct with. But right now it's just deconstruction, deconstruction. There's nothing, we're not rebuilding anything of value, anything, you know, and so I think that, that that's producing a lot of the sickness that we're seeing in culture right now. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely, man. And I think I, um, I had a guest on, uh, this would have been like, I can't remember, a couple months ago, a month ago, something like that. Uh, Rayma Trainer, great. She's um, really big into like the biblical model of church structure and uh, really great. Uh, but we were talking about this whole idea of dis, um, deconstruction, like you mentioned. And so I started out by saying, okay, well, there's, there's bad deconstruction and good deconstruction. She goes, yeah, I would actually look at it a little bit different. There's deconstruction and then there's disentanglement. And, and I was like, mm -hmm. I actually think that's a really good way of, of putting it because mm -hmm. yeah, it is like you're saying where it's, mm -hmm. you know, the idea of deconstruction is to basically deconstruct the things that maybe shouldn't be there, the parts yeah. that shouldn't be part of the machine. And then you uh, rebuild it the way it was intended or uh, sound or yes. making it better yeah. than it was. Right. But then I was like, well, that's also disentanglement, you know, where it's like, because for me, I know um, about 10 years ago now, it was like, I started really flirting with progressive Christianity. And I know mm -hmm. Justice had that same um, same yeah. problem as well. And, and really realizing, um, I was just like, dude, like, there's this whole thing of like, like you were talking about deconstructing and to the point where like everything, the things that are meant to be tethered. Mm -hmm. Yes. Or the foundation suddenly become these particles floating in the air and get blown away in the wind. And suddenly mm -hmm. you're left with nothing and you almost, mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're condemned for actually creating concrete answers, yeah. you know, where it's That's like right. the, the simple is suddenly made complex, you know, where it's like mm -hmm. things that Jesus intentionally said in a simple manner so that even a five-year-old can understand. Suddenly you're like, Oh, yeah, what does he really mean by this? And then you're like, totally all cerebral and like floating in the wind, mm -hmm. you know? And, um, and so, yeah, I do think that there is this major issue right now, man, of just like, just, uh, suddenly it's like truth becomes this like, sub, you know, this subjective thing. And then it's like, you know, Oh, well, whatever's true mm -hmm. for me is not true for you. And, um, well, and that's that you just you just hit something that's super important is that like one of the most offensive things you can do in America right now is for you to say that you're that something that you believe is true is is more true than something that I believe is true. Right. right? Like we have right. this kind of radical autonomy that's like I can't question your truth. You can't but like that's not how truth works. You mm -hmm. know, like true is true whether you believe it or not. It's just true, you know, and so. Right. Like if you don't have certain things that are guiding your life, like you are going to end up completely like you're going to be like a ship without without a rudder. You know, exactly. and that's basically what we see where everyone. And I mean, I progressive Christianity is progressive Christianity is huge. Right. Now. I mean, I, I understand aspects of it, especially if you're like an empathetic person. Absolutely. Um, you know, if you have more of this, you know, I think that there is some level of, of social justice that's obviously totally biblical. Sure. You know, and so it's very easy, I think, to get pulled into. Um, you know, and the, the social justice movement now is really just the social gospel movement that was been happening since the twenties, all the way through the civil rights movement. And so it, it does have, it's always kind of come out of an empathetic heart. Yeah. Um, 
but even empathetic hearts have to understand that there's boundaries and there's things that there's kind of hierarchy to how you can think about this stuff to some degree. And so, right. you know, it's just a, it's a, it's a mess right now. And it's kind of this, you know, we've deconstructed the family, we've deconstructed just about everything that should be a firm thing in our life. And it's really obvious where this has kind of taken us as a culture. Yeah. Well, and I think a good way and a really simple way to illustrate this is the need for truth or the need to, to agree on certain things as a society, but also just, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, as, as human beings and the way that God designed us is, is even just traffic laws, right? So in order mm -hmm. to have the freedom for you, Chris, or for myself mm -hmm. to drive anywhere we want, we need to have some semblance of order on the mm -hmm. roads, right? So mm -hmm. in America, we drive on the right side of the road. Green means go. Red means stop. You know, there are certain laws in place that everyone has agreed to for the safety of everyone so that we actually have freedom. And I think Jocko Willink, I, I'm sure you know who he is, has a great message mm -hmm. about this very thing about discipline actually creating, uh, lending mm -hmm. itself to freedom. Um, but the same goes for truth. And 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 mm -hmm. it was interesting because I was talking to this um Scientologist uh, back when I lived in LA and she was a, like a head person within like the LA, I don't know what they call them there, branches or whatever, but um, it was at the actual like building Scientology and we were talking, my friends and I were talking to her and she was educating us on the ways of Scientology and all this stuff. And, and she said, there's no, uh, in passing, she said, there's no absolute truth. And then she was going on and mm -hmm. she like hit it a couple more times. So I kind of hit on a very foundational thing of like, okay, well, so you say there's no absolute truth. And she's like, no, there's no absolute truth. So then I started illustrating some things that everybody can agree on, like gravity. I grabbed something mm -hmm. and I was like, what is this called? She said, that's called gravity. And I was like, that's correct. I agree as well. We would say that mm -hmm. that is an absolute truth. Gravity mm -hmm. exists. We are all subject to it. And she's like, okay, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, okay, there, there, there are absolute truths. And so that was the open door, right? Mm -hmm. So really establishing that because you could throw Bible, biblical truth out there, right? And just yep. like what the Bible says, but a lot of these people, they don't care. They don't care. They don't, they, they don't have any conviction in regards to that yet, right? right? So yeah. if we can come from um, really low level things like gravity for crying out loud, mm -hmm. like that is an in because it's not, to me, it's not this, um, like no, no person is unreachable, right? Like I've had great conversations with people uh, and we find common ground. And that's like, that's always my first goal with people is to find common ground. And then from there yep. we can go. But um, I mean, you can comment on this, but also like as a parent, you're now a father. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm sure you're thinking about this a lot. How do we raise our son up mm -hmm. in this, especially with a lot of the pressures that are on his generation and, yeah. you know, Gen Z. I'd love to hear her thoughts on that. Just like, how do we approach this? Like, how do we come back to absolute truth? How do we come back to these things? Yeah. Well, I, it's a great question. and something I think about a lot, actually, yeah, sure. um, <laughs> you know, especially being a new father. You, you will know, continue to. What degree, to yes. Uh, yeah, I know. To what degree, um, you know, we keep kind of pushing the boundary of insanity. I'm like, okay, we got to, we got to be towards the end of this, uh, this era or this phase, right? Because it's, you know, I read an article today about how, you know, there's a big push to change, you know, some of the pedophilia laws to yep. now calling people minor attracted mm -hmm. persons maps, you know, and mm -hmm. so there's, 
one thing, I mean, children used to be a sacred thing, right? But now we're even now that's, that's going to be up for grabs, you know, to some degree. And so. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. You know, I don't know how far the deconstruction is going to last, but I, I do think that, um, you know, there's a, there's a story in the Bible that I think is really, really interesting. Um, and it's in the Old Testament. And I forget who this guy is. I cannot believe I'm blanking on this guy's name, but essentially his, you know, he had, it was like three generations from the main, from the main guy, you know, they went into this banquet and they refused to drink. And they said, you know, it's a custom in our family that we, that we wouldn't drink, you know, and it was not because drinking is bad, but there was something in that family DNA that even three generations later, they were still doing this thing that their forefather had kind of like taught them how to do, you know? And so I think that there's something to, um, spiritual formation in the home, I think is the, is the core thing. And I mean, we just cannot let go of that responsibility to culture. Um, I think one of the things that my wife and I think about is how do you contend with social media when you're trying to raise children, you know, because it's such, you know, I think that the reality is if you don't take like a really strong approach and I don't mean like force of hand, but I'm just like talking about from the time, if you're, if you don't spend time with your kids, if you don't develop them, if you don't really sew into them, probably the hours it's going to take to do this culture is going to raise your kids. You know? So for us, I think it's trying to figure out like, how do we, you know, how do we do this in a way that doesn't, that allows them to kind of grow and develop and make their own choices. um, You know, to some degree, obviously you don't want to just, can't just take them away from culture and society that's right you know that's not going to work either you know so i'm not sure how we're going to do it yet you know to be totally honest with you i just know that it's possible i think that it's going to be i think if you have two intentional parents working on this i think that they're going to be able to figure it out but i'm not sure i'm not you know i haven't done it yet so (laughs) well and i mean a lot of that is going to be led by the holy spirit i I mean to be honest i mean yeah we can look at this intellectually right and we have to to some degree of breaking down okay well this is happening in society. It started with this and blah, blah, blah. Um, I think that's important. But at the, at the end of the day, ultimately God will lead us. If we listen to him yeah, and we are totally. led by him, he will. And so, um, yeah, I, um, I was actually praying about this last uh, yesterday. Uh, so Lord about just because my wife and I don't have kids yet, but we've been talking about yeah. it and, and, um, and realizing like a lot of millennials were raised by, institutions we were raised by you know like right. la- uh, like they call them the latchkey generation the after school mm-hmm. program latchkey you know where um you know and you know just watching whatever was on tv and and whatever was on the radio and and all these things and and um and we've we've reaped what we've sown and so i yeah. i was talking to the lord about that and just realizing like i I will deal with whatever was produced in me as a result of that, so that it's not reciprocal. Totally. It's not repeated in my my children, you know. And so yeah. I think it starts there, just recognizing, even in yourself, you know, talking about raising up next generations is analyzing ourselves and allowing ourselves to go to war for future generations rather than yeah, just dude. falling into like autopilot, you know. A hundred percent, I so agree with that. You yeah. know, I mean, I think that, I think that whatever. You know, there's a point where fathers need to grapple with the reality that, you know, they at some point might be the reason why their family is no longer growing because of things that they haven't dealt with. You know, and that's a that's a wild thought. Yeah, you know? that's, and so, that's heavy. I mean, it really and it's something that, um, you know, dude, I think that you're taking the right approach. I'm the same way, just like whatever is in me, God, like and I mean, I 
marriage does stuff to you, bro. It's like, you have no idea that that was in you. Yeah. It's like a sponge and it's just being squeezed out. And you're like, wow, I had no idea that was in my sponge. Yeah, man. And kids is the same thing, but it's amazing, you know? And I think that's exactly what God intended with it, you know? So I think that, you know, staying humble, staying submitted to that, you know, realizing that it's no longer just, just you, but like, if you don't figure this stuff out, like if you don't walk through this stuff, you're probably going to limit the way your kids develop, you know, because of that. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a great, I mean, like Jocko says, you know, taking ownership over that, you know? <laughs> yep. Oh yeah. Love Jocko. Um, yeah, man. And I think, okay. So obviously that's from a family standpoint, from a societal mm-hmm. standpoint of, of bringing us back to center, you know? Um, Cause the pendulum is like crazy, you know, yeah. right now. Um, but how do we do that societally, man? Yeah. Cause it's crazy. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Um, you know, and this is a great, you know, I, I know we're going to, we we're going to talk about this at you know, but I think an interesting template for this to some degree was the Jesus people movement um, in the sixties and seventies, because we look at what was going on then and I don't want to jump ahead, but I think, hey man, it's all good. I think that we're going to need a, a combination of things, right? I think we're going to need a spirit of God moment where it's just like God shows up in a radical way. Right. And I think that, I think it's going to lead out with this. Like I really, I just, there's been so much, you know, when when we think about deconstructions, I mean, I think about all of the stuff that we're even learning about society, like, you know, stuff that's in our food, the stuff that, you know, we can't trust anything. The media is full of lies. It's just like everywhere you look, it's just, everything's a lie, you know? And so I feel like as this kind of unraveling and openness to like, we're, we're becoming aware of the world we actually live in. And I think that the Lord is going to lead out with, with the spirit. I really believe this. And it's going to yeah. come with signs and wonders. It's going to come with miraculous things, but then it's going to take people standing up and rebuilding the wall. Like it's going to take the Nehemiahs who are willing mm-hmm. to just go in there and do the mm-hmm. hard work. I'm going to com- compete for like new kinds of banking ideas. I'm going to compete for new businesses. I'm going to compete for like solutions in healthcare. I'm going to compete for like education systems. I'm going to go in there and I'm not going to just trust that like this stuff is going to work out. I'm going to take some ownership over the world that I live in and try to reform it to some degree. So I I think it's a combination of both of those things. You know, Mm -hmm. we need, we need the spirit and the power of God, dude. I mean, we just do like, that's everything rides on that, you know, but I think there's some level of this. that's like, we also have to take ownership for the world we live in, you know? And so yep. if we don't, someone else is going to, and then that's what you have. That's what happens when you get, you know, if we're not going to be the salt, if we're not going to be the light, then the people that are currently running everything are, and we see exactly what they want to do to humanity. <laughs> and it's <laughs> really, pretty you know, gnarly. It's, yeah. Yes. You know? Yeah. I heard a quote the other day, and this was actual video of one of the guys from the world economic forum talking about, how the world, it cannot house 7 billion people, 8 billion people. It needs to go down to 1 billion or 2 billion if you, and I quote, have a good dictatorship. And, I, and so he's talking about calling society. So I completely agree with you, man. I think that there is a, a recognition of like, we have allowed ourselves to go on autopilot for so long mm-hmm. by design. I mean, like these people yeah. knew what they were doing. Come on. Uh, totally. But, you know, I just think that that is part of it is is care being those torch carriers for god Mm -hmm. of truth into places and and um not not for the sake of just being a 
a butt or whatever going into a place and being like, oh, I'm going to show you guys the, you know, but like, <laughs> but actually totally some people totally. are. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Um, but at the same time going into these places and going, no, you know what? I do feel called to this mountain. Yeah. God, I'm going to bring the message that you've given to given me. And wherever that is, everybody listening to this, you know, the mountain that you're called to, whether it's family, whether it's education, whether it's arts and entertainment on and on. So I do think that there is there is that as well, where it's like, yeah, it does start in our homes, but then, okay, what do we do? What earth are we supposed to till? What Where are we yeah. supposed to enter into um, and allow God to open those doors too, for sure. But dude, yeah. move of God, big time. Like, yeah. completely agree, man. Like, we can deal with it, like looking at it like this, but then at the end of the day, there is that supernatural element of God just- That's right stoking this fire within people of totally. people going oh man like there is there's got to be something more than this and that's what we did mm -hmm. see in the jesus people movement yeah you know? yep and i you know i think it's it's going to be a combination of these kind of joseph um roles and people that just have this leadership you know that are willing to kind of go into hard situations sometimes not even because you chose it but also moves of god you know and I, I think I think we're I think we're at a really exciting time, dude. You know, I mean, I look at major. I feel like we're in a transitional moment right now. You know, yeah. everyone. There are ways that you can look at where we're at right now and be really like, oh my gosh, this is horrible. Everything's decaying and dying, and you know, it's like look at how evil everything is, and all that's true. Um, it is super evil is being revealed on a mm -hmm. massive scale. But I think that if we can look at this as a transitional period, um, you know, if we look at what happened, you know, during the Exodus, people were put into slavery and then God showed up in this crazy way and probably scared Israelites and the Egyptians, you know, and then it ends kind of with Pharaoh's army being totally taken out of the Red Sea. You look at Noah and there's this flood of the earth. You look at mm -hmm. David, like going up against Goliath. You look at Israel in 1948 when it established itself as a nation, then it was attacked by four countries around us. It's like every transition comes with like this chaotic moment where you're like, wow, how is point. this going to go? You know, how That's is this really going to go? It's like, and so I feel like for us, it's it's just significant. We got to just hold on to hope, dude. We got to we got to see the chaos around us as God is going to move and, and react against this. And so, yeah, that's that's how I see it right now. Yeah, shifting your focus, you know, where it's like if if you have fallen into despair, you know, I I I would ask, where are you? Who are you listening to? Mm -hmm. Because God doesn't bring He's not going to bring you into despair. Not in this hour. Like it's not. That's mm -hmm. not what He does. You know, like. No. God always makes a way when there is no way. And so I look at even just with society right now where I agree with you, man, like it feels, it feels pregnant for, with, with something like, yes, yes. like it's like a powder keg ready mm -hmm. to blow. Um, and, um, it's just a matter of when, and, and really honestly, man, like I've been talking a lot about repentance. Oh, did you catch that segue? <laughs> We're going to be talking about that. Yes, We're talking a lot about that. Yes. <laughs> totally didn't plan that. Um, <laughs> but we, you know, I've been talking a lot about repentance and that that has been something that has been, um, I've seen it, I, it just is that message is showing up everywhere. And it's because mm -hmm. there's this desire within the, the body of Christ to just be like, man, I gotta once and for all this thing in my life, I just got to get it over with, you know, mm -hmm. I get it. We're going to God, let's just get it once and for all. Um, and yes. I look at something like that and I go, why would God be doing that unless to prepare us for something? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Totally. So, yeah. I would love totally. to hear your thoughts on that. 
Yeah, well, I, you know, I mean, I love this idea of repent, um, you know, and I, I did, you know, I, I, Justice and I talk a lot about this. I think about this a lot. You know, Johnny loves this, this idea as well. You know, and we, I think when we think about repent, you know, what's the first thing that comes to mind? I think most people think of kind of like sin management, you know, <laughs> it's kind of like, <laughs> you know, I, I'm in trouble and I did something wrong and, you, yeah. know, you know, I'm all about holiness and getting right and getting, sure. you know, I'm all about all those things, mm -hmm. you know, but when, when Jesus came and he was, you know, and he said, repent for the kingdom of God is, is at hand, you know, that the root word of that, you know, and obviously I know he was talking in Aramaic and Greek and that's translated. And so, you know, we have metneia is the word, the Greek word for that or the Aramaic word for that. But teshuvah is the Hebrew word. And I like to talk about teshuvah because he would have been reading the Hebrew scriptures at that time, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think it's important to look at how was, how was he thinking about that word when he said it, you know? And so when, scripture talks about repentance in the old testament he was typically typically talking to israel when they had done something they had screwed up in some way and god is saying if you repent to me i'll bring you back to your land and i'll bring you back to my presence you know and it, it kind of came with these two things um a place in the presence you know and so then jesus shows up and he says repent for the kingdom of god is at hand and he's kind of introducing two things again which is the place is the kingdom and the presence is now this like new access point essentially to, to who he is and to God. And so we see him kind of coming on the scene and doing this, the same thing. And I think that we don't fully understand like what this word means, because it really means to return to something. Um, and I love this idea, like, what are we supposed to be returning to? And I think mm -hmm. that rather than thinking about it as like a sin management term, if we can think about it as, call the transformation yeah like good. you know kind of a divine thing like hey guys repent for the kingdom of god is at, is at hand um another way to think about this is think differently for the kingdom of god is at hand transform yourself for the kingdom of god is at hand and so there's multiple ways that we can kind of translate mm. this that i think gives us a fuller idea of so cool. actually what god is doing here he's giving us a radical like call into a supernatural kingdom and so you know I think sin management and the fruit, like when we, when our heart gets access to that kingdom, when we start to dwell in his kingdom and his presence, I think that that actually fixes a lot of the sin management issues that, that people struggle with, you know? Yep. And if you're just trying to deal with like whatever it is you're dealing with on your own, that typically doesn't work very well. Um, but I think as soon as you put that in the light of the presence of God and the kingdom, and that's where you see, uh, major transformation. And so I think, I think it was a kind of a clarion call, you know, to the heart of humanity. And I think that it's interesting because we, we, we talk about the kingdom a lot. It's, it's one of the most used, like, it's, I think it's one of the most highly used words in the new Testament, something like 67 times or something it's used in the, in the new Testament. But we can see that we don't always, it's like, we don't always experience the kingdom, right? It's like, it's here, but it's not here. Uh -huh. It's like, it lives in tension, right? Cause yeah. it's like, you know, I'll pray for someone and I'll see them healed. And then sometimes I'll pray for something and see them like nothing happened, you know, and mm -hmm. I don't know what, what's, why is the difference, you know, what's uh, and so I, I feel like one of the roles of the believer right now is to just bring the kingdom to every place that, that we touch, you know, on the earth. I mean, if we can think about the kingdom as, you know, it's imagine that every heart, all 7.6 billion people on the earth are like matchsticks, you know, and as soon as the kingdom has access to my heart, then that matchstick like starts to light, you know, and the idea is to ignite, <laughs> you know, the planet with the kingdom of God, you know, and that's Come what on. brings transformation. And so that's really, 
you know, when I think about this, this word, you know, it's, it's a return to, you know, the, it's a return and an access point to the spirit of God in a way that I just think we don't really fully grab onto a lot of times, you know, Mm, dude, absolutely. And what's interesting, dude, is first off, I've been talking about guys, have I not been talking about how important being in God's presence is? Have I not been talking about that for like forever now? Okay. Mm -hmm. So first off total confirmation. Um, but a lot of it too is like, yeah, when we get for the long, for a long time, I was so fixated on one particular sin in my life. Mm -hmm. And then when I went into God's presence, what was crazy was that he actually showed me the true root behind it, which Mm -hmm. was not even on my radar, man, like not even on my radar, but it was because of being in his presence. So, you know, well, and I think there's something about, you know, we kind of become what we focus on to some Mm -hmm. degree. Um, you know, if you're constantly focused on, on the sin in your life, which, you know, it's good to be cognizant of that. And and I'm all about dealing with that stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, but the more I can, take my eyes off of this stuff and put them on Jesus and put them on, you know, his kingdom and put them on these other things that actually shifts my heart more than if I treat my sin, like, you know, like a weight that I got to push up and I got, you know, it's just, so there's a, there's a difference in processing that I think will, will help us if we can get our heads around that. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly too, man, like the, the, I mean, the verse that everybody knows now we're new creations in, in Christ, yes. you know, like I'm butchering the verse, but um, I think that that is the reality. And, and what I started to realize, you know, also like the sunsets free is free. Indeed. I've been quoting that one a lot mm-hmm. lately too, just because this is something I've been really thinking about lately. Um, mm-hmm. It's just it, the recognition of like, okay, it says that I am that now I am a new creation. And yet, I'm dealing with this old stuff or whatever. And um, what's what's wrong? And for me, it was more like Mm -hmm. I was trying to be a new creation rather than allowing myself to just abide in his presence Mm -hmm. and accept that that is that is the fruit of what Jesus Mm -hmm. paid the price for. Right. And recognizing that and that revelation came from being in intimacy with him. That's where it came Mm -hmm. from. It wasn't from this me trying to unpack this passage or that passage, all of a sudden it was just like, I was spending time with him. And then I read it and I was like, Oh my gosh, like I get it now. Like, mm-hmm. and it was, and it wasn't, it wasn't because of anything my brain did. Right. It was, it was all because of being in his presence. So. I totally agree. I totally, and I think that's a discipline that we've lost to some degree is spending time in the word. Um, allowing ourselves to even if it's 10 minutes five minutes have some part of the day that we're just silent and yeah, we sit in the presence on. of god you know like i think that one of the things that we would be so benefited as a culture is if we just kind of in the morning when we woke up if we just took five minutes before we got on our phones check social media you know started kind of putting these other signals in our brain if we just intentionally took some time and i realize it's hard with family and kids and all that stuff you know but we just sat in the presence of god and started every day to some degree with that awareness in our spirit um, versus being programmed by the news, the media, social media, the distractions, all that. I mean, it's going to hit eventually in the day, you know, uh-huh. but if we could start with that freshness of heart, yeah, I think people would be shocked at what that could do for you. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And that's actually where mine really started, dude, was 
I, I get up, I work out, I leave my phone on my nightstand, I go work out, and then I get a, I, I, I go and I, uh, I sit down with the Lord. I make coffee and yes. I sit down with the Lord. Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today. And That's so awesome. I, I'm spending, you know, anywhere between 30, 30 minutes to an hour a day mm-hmm. of just sometimes it's reading and sometimes it's just dialogue with him. You know, a yeah. lot of times it's both. Totally. To be honest, I've got a, totally. I've got a pen a notepad. I've got a highlighter. I've got a pencil, you know, and it's just like all those things are there. They're always there. Yeah. It, that's part of the routine. Um, and I think that that's, uh, okay, dude, no, seems like a rabbit trail promise. It's not, <laughs> I was listening to a podcast over the weekend and this guy was talking about how taking care of the temple of the Holy Spirit, his mm. body, actually opened him up to actually be able to do more with the Lord. It made him more spiritually attuned, which is weird. Mm. But it's like suddenly, you know, it's like you're not, you don't feel like you weigh, you know, 5,000 pounds because you're out of shape or you're, mm-hmm. you know, you're, uh, your body's tight. Suddenly you're exercising. I found that really interesting. Um, because I can totally relate to that. You know, mm-hmm. I absolutely can. Once I started eating right, started getting in shape, um, mm-hmm. all of a sudden it was just like, totally. Yeah. I think that that's a, that, I think that will be another thing that is restored, you know, to our culture is, is I think we're going to come to a lot more awareness about the food we eat, about yeah, how to take care of our bodies and in ways um about how to treat technology i think we're going to have kind of a technology revolution that steps us back from yep. the distraction environment that we're in i agree um and in some ways we're like the first generation that's dealing with a lot of this stuff you know and so but it's like a pendulum like we're so far over here but it's going to swing back yeah um i do believe that but i think that um there is so much freedom to be found in in discipline you know and we don't do it from like a religious spirit it's not like you know that doesn't change anyone and i would never promote that kind of thinking, you know, but I think that there's freedom in that. And, and we get to experience, I, I hear from a lot of people, I just don't have time to connect with God or all these things. I'm like, well, look at your screen time. It's like four and a half hours. A day. Yeah. <laughs> like you got, you got time. It's just not like, a, you know, and it's like, define time. Not, yeah. Define time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and so, but dude, our spirit is going to be coached by something, you know? Mm. And so it's going to, you know, our spirit is going to be led by something. And so we really do have to make these choices of like, what's going to lead my spirit today. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's probably at one point, I think it was more common sense, but I think we're also, we're up against so many things that generations before us weren't up against, you know, and so is Gen, Gen Z. And so I think it's like this whole thing of, we're going to just, we're going to find a new way. I know we're going to figure it out, but we got to yep. start being aware of these things, right? Yep. I completely agree. Side note. Uh, thanks to justice. She made a post back when she was still pregnant about decaf <laughs> coffee. And she said, look what's in your decaf. You want to get Swiss water, the Swiss water <laughs> method, because That's it's right. otherwise it's like chemicals in it. And yeah. I 
from that moment forward, I was like, all right, I'm only getting decaf coffee that has with water method. So shout out to Justice. Way to go. Dude, um, she's always yeah. like, she's got her thing and she's preaching it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's great. So, okay. The other thing that that's a part of this. Um, so this whole repentance thing, if you guys are like, oh man, I want to hear more about that. Um, Chris did a great video on his Instagram um, and I linked it in the description of this stuff we talked about section. So you can watch that. If you want um, just him talking about it, want him to go a little bit more into it, um, there is that video as well. So feel free to watch that. But the other part of that video was talking about the coming wave of the spirit. And you kind of touched on it a little bit, but I want you to hit on it a little bit more pointedly. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I don't know. I was, I was reading. So Lonnie Frisbee's story is one that I find really interesting. And I don't know how much you want to go into that, but Lonnie Frisbee was kind of the spearhead behind the, movement that happened in the 60s some might even say that he was kind of the guy that god used to mm -hmm. really bring around yeah. the jesus people movement and then he you know he was part of uh the vineyard and part of uh chuck smith at uh oh my gosh calvary chapel Cal, thank you calvary chapel so you know he was this really really influential figure through all three of these movements and you know i think that there is i was really interested in that period of American history, because it was like, you know, sometimes you have to look around at not what God is doing, you know, what was what was happening in culture before God showed up, yeah. you know, and you had this kind of breakdown, you got the sexual revolution, you had, you know, I mean, things like Led Zeppelin and the Beatles and music was taking this totally different direction. I mean, it was all related to the occult. You had struggles over Vietnam. You had the civil rights movement. You had an extremely divided nation, right? Assassinations. That's right. That's yeah. right. You know, and you're kind of, you know, they're grappling with all of these things that in some ways we are right now. And I think there's yeah, some kind of big differences. Um, you know, you look at that culture and they were all about, you know, what was that statement? It was uh, turn on, tune in, drop out. I think was the kind of rallying cry of the uh, LSD movement, you know, that's, that came out of Berkeley. Um, this whole idea of like, we're not gonna work with the man and we're not gonna mm -hmm. have all this thing, you know. But what's interesting about what was happening then was they seemed very alive. Like they weren't, they weren't in the truth, they weren't walking with the Lord, but they seemed like hungry for the truth, you know. And that's mm -hmm. one of the differences that I feel like Right now, I feel like we're so like over-medicated, we're so digitally, you know, I mean, they were talking about how premarital sex has gone down for the first time in like a decade. And, you know, as a believer, I think that, that people should not be having premarital sex. But when I look at that, I'm realizing, wow, like we're actually becoming like numb as a generation. Like people, people aren't even expressing like normal sexual functions anymore, you know, like, yeah. and so for me, I'm like, okay, God has to like return on society. Or something. We're, we're dealing mm -hmm. in some ways with a different problem than what was happening in the sixties and seventies where they were just like a live wire Right now, it's like we've become so digitally connected, and I think we're we're so numb to a lot of things. I think we're we're not sure what to do with all of this reveal that's happening on the earth, and this kind mm. of we're just kind of shutting down, you know. And so, I just feel like, yeah, you know, the Lord just so I was kind of studying that that movement a little bit, and the Lord just started speaking to me about this release that you know was I you know I believe very much i don't know are you familiar with like the idea of surfing you know when a, when a swell happens in the ocean it's like the wind the wind can push this water for miles before it actually breaks you know wow. but while the wind is pushing this water there's this transference of, of energy and i love that because it's like the water is the physical 
reality. You can't really see wind and the wind is always, you know, even scripturally, it's like the spirit of God is in the wind. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so the wind is kind of transferring into this physical reality and then the wave happens. And so the Lord gave me this picture. And I just feel like right now what's happening in culture is that he is swelling culture right now, but then there's going to be this massive move of God. And so I I'm really believing in that, you know, and I, for me, I was just like, God, I want to be, I want to ride this wave. Like I want to yeah. be like, where, where can I be uh, to ride this wave? And so I, for me, that was just something that, you know, I think I was studying the Jesus people movement specifically. I love Lonnie Frisbee's story, even though there's a lot of complications to that story. Sure. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I don't know how much you or the, you know, your, your viewers will, will know about that, but it's a very interesting story. In yeah, it really you know. is. Yeah. I've, I've looked into it as well. Like right after that, Right after the Jesus, um, um, what is it called? Jesus Revolution was that the movie? Yeah, Jesus. Jesus. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and uh, I, immediately I noticed that Lonnie Frisbee—I don't want to say villain—he wasn't the villain of the mm -hmm. the movie, but there were moments where he kind of was purposed as a um, kind of an obstacle for whatever mm -hmm. was ha happening, right? Um, and I feel like that is. As I began, I immediately was curious because I was like, I'm yeah. curious about this guy. So I started looking into it and I found that just like everything, there are two sides to every coin, you know, yeah. and yeah. and so there is a whole nother side. And yes, Lonnie Frisbee had um, uh, trauma from his youth. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. You know, I brought Robbie Dawkins on. We talked about that. If you guys want to know more, he actually had on Radical Radio Podcast, he had on Stan Frisbee, Lonnie Frisbee's brother. They talked mm -hmm. a lot about his upbringing. It's very insightful. So go check that out. It was like two or three episodes. Um, but yeah, um, part of me, man, like looking at, I don't know if you've, you've probably thought about this a little bit as you looked into Lonnie Frisbee. Do you feel like there was an opportunity that got missed in the Jesus movie or the jesus movement jesus people movement like do you feel like there was something that god was trying to do because i don't want to hear your thoughts before i say anything well i'm not totally sure where you're going with the question but this is kind of what i think i, I don't think that god's limited this is what's amazing about, about wanting frisbee is that even in spite of the brokenness that he experienced the sexual abuse that he is basically mm -hmm. i mean he was molested as you know a teenager oh yeah um, you know, he was rejected completely by his father. He comes into faith and God is just like on this guy. Right. And so that obviously attracts a lot of people. Right. Mm -hmm. But then he goes through this rejection, which each, with each one of these communities where he feels rejected, you know, from each one of them to some degree. And so he's dealing with that rejection. He's, I don't know, there's just so many things to that story that like God continues to use him, even in spite of his brokenness, you know, yeah. and God even continues today. to use the vineyard and God can, I mean, he's, God's using everyone. So I don't feel like God is ever limited by, by our failures. And that's actually what Lonnie's sure, story really, point. really tells me, you know, is that like, you know, wow, even, and it's also amazing that someone with, you know, who's experiencing the spirit of God like that can still be like relapsing into these really, really intense sexual sins. You know I mean? He yeah. died of HIV in what 92 or something, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, but yet he never associated his identity with someone who was gay or someone, you know, I mean, so there's right. all, there's levels to his story that mm -hmm. I think they're so illuminating for all of us, you know? Yeah. And so, yep. and I, I think you're totally right. I don't think as a, as a, as the Christian community has really honored Lonnie the way that he deserves to be, to be yeah. honored. 
And at the same time, I totally understand how hard it would probably be to try to lead and pastor someone who is going through all of those things. I mean, there's just, I don't know. I, I read that whole story and I have compassion for all of them. To sure. Be with you, you yep. Know? yep. I'm the same way. I'm the same way. Now I do know that, I mean, and I, I probably did frame my question maybe a little bit weird, but what I'm, I guess what I'm, I was more referring to is, um, cause I, yeah, I agree. God is still going to fulfill his purposes. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if God has released a prophetic word, God will fulfill that word. I mean, scripture confirms that reality. Um, God, God doesn't allow his words to fall to the ground. And so, yeah. um, but I think with Lonnie there, it was, it was an opportunity for Lonnie to get the healing he needed. Yes, absolutely. It was also an opportunity. And it was weird that God picks people like this, but it was also mm-hmm. an opportunity for the church running into the same thing we're running into now, where whatever God is doing on the earth, we have to operate within his power. We have mm-hmm. to, we have to, we cannot divorce ourselves from That's God's right. power so that it makes us feel more comfortable, mm-hmm. so that it makes us more palatable to certain groups of people. We need God's power. And the same was true back then in the Jesus people mm-hmm. movement. And God yes. chose Lonnie, not that Lonnie was any kind of Messiah, not that he totally. was fully intended to, but I, I've talked to people that were at his meetings and this mm-hmm. is something that the movie didn't portray, but people got healed at his meetings. So those people he yes. was praying for, they got healed at his, at his meetings. My, okay. uh, my mother-in-law, her friend, um, got baptized in the Holy spirit at Lonnie Frisbee's house. And she was like, mm-hmm. Susan, you got to come with me. And so they went and Lonnie <laughs> was gone. So she yeah. still got baptized in the Holy spirit, but it, Lonnie wasn't there, but you know, so, uh, but there was something demonstrated and it was yes. Lonnie did have like a genuine, I mean, the dude was on fire for God. hundred percent. hundred percent. And when and you cannot him, take that from him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And when you're around somebody like that, it's contagious, yeah. not, Oh, and teach me, but going, dude, I want to operate in that same way. You know, I have access yeah. to the same power. Let's go. That's right. And he had a child likeness to his nature that I think allowed God to use him and mm-hmm. to move in him, even after experiencing such brokenness and, right. and dysfunction, yep. you know, he retained some level of that childlike heart, you know, and I think that God used that in him. And so I, I totally, yeah, I, I do agree with what you're saying there, you know, and I think that Lonnie is a testament, I think, to a lot of our lives. Um, and it's also a testament that just because you're experiencing the spirit of God, do all these miraculous things and amazing things doesn't necessarily mean that your heart is healed from mm-hmm. these things, you know, and I think that's where the church really missed an opportunity with Lonnie was to heal that rejection and that, you know, I mean, all the things that he'd experienced, I, I don't think that, I don't think that that was stewarded very well from my understanding of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, like having the courage to be able to number one face, if someone comes to you and they confess something to have the courage to, to, to look them in the eye, right. And, and to walk Mm -hmm. through this thing with them. But also if you are holding on to trauma, you are holding on to Mm -hmm. things. Now is the time to let those things go. So I would say on the one hand, yeah. To the person who's, you know, uh, hearing some, some confessions and you're like, Whoa, dude, um, to have the courage to, to look the person in the eye 
um, and to pray for compassion towards that person, that God's going to help you walk them through that. But on the other hand, if you are dealing with that stuff, to have the courage to confess it. Um, Because right now, guys, like it is time to just like spotless bride, man. That's right. No, totally. I think, and I think that's the tension that we have to walk, dude, is holiness without becoming religious and judgmental about it. You know, we cannot remove the standard of God, but I think that we can learn how to walk through it with people and ourselves, you know, with, with grace and with, I really do think that, you know, there's something that's so significant about the power of confession. Um, Just be willing to take stuff out of the darkness and put it in the light. It loses all of its power. It really does. That's why I think that's, you know, that's one of the things the Bible is so clear on that it's just so powerful. It's just confess and get it into the light, you know? Come on, come on. All right, man. Well, I would love for you to pray for people as we close this out. This is great, man. Yes, So so much juicy conversation. (laughs) (laughs) This is great, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, Lord, I just lift up everyone who is listening to this conversation right now, God. I pray that you would just speak to everyone's heart, God. Just, Lord, if there's anything that's just kind of lingering um, in their spirit, Lord, or just this thing that kind of seems like it's grabbing onto them and they just can't get it off. But Mm -hmm. I pray right now, God, that you would just, I pray release over every single person's life right now, God, that you would just totally break off anything, Lord, that is just taking away from this person's ability to fully experience your kingdom, God, the revelation and transformation of your presence and of your kingdom, Father. I also just pray, God, right now that you would speak to every person, Lord, what is their role in the upcoming revolution god that i think is going to happen in the spirit in america father and i specifically feel like there's something significant that god is going to do in america what is my role what is the thing that you want me to do help me to be in position like a watchman on the wall that i am ready to spring into action for what you're going to be doing on the earth in your name we pray amen father Mm. amen all right chris uh how can people follow you when is your show gonna finally come out all that good stuff i think yeah it's probably gonna be another month or two um my wife and i are really only active on instagram right now we just had a baby and we're just kind of limited to that Mm -hmm. um we just started a few weeks ago but we're gonna be very very active on there so that's just justice and chris um on instagram and we'd love to have anyone who wants to check us out do it come on come on well dude thank you so much this Thank is great. you, Jeff. I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. Everybody, that is our show. Have a blessed Monday. Tune in tomorrow. We have Kelsey O'Malley back in the house. She was on maternity leave. She is back. I cannot wait. It's going to be amazing. We've missed her. So you don't want to miss that. That's at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time. Also, ElijahFire.com slash donate is how you donate. All proceeds go towards keeping this free at five days a week. And then we take a portion of every single donation. And we funnel it, Chris, into our water well efforts over in Uganda. Awesome. New three new water well every three days. Amazing. Communities transformed because of you guys' donations. So God bless you guys. We'll see you tomorrow at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time with Kelsey O'Malley. Okay, bye. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today. 